I just had a, a flashback remembering this hall, um, how it used to be. And it used to have this really ugly red carpet that went like out a ways, and then it dropped off to the wood floor. But the wood floor um, creaked all over the place. So like now if you want to sneak out of the hall, you can maybe pull it off. But then like it would be creak, 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 creak. <laughs> the old days. <laughs> so um, can you hear me okay? Yeah? Up, up, need it up? No, it's okay. All right. Um, so today is, is um, a holiday that's traditionally known as Thanksgiving in the United States, and I've been spending a, a lot of time actually reflecting on how to talk about this holiday. So traditionally, it's a holiday for giving thanks, for gratitude. And the story, the traditional story, is that uh, when the European immigrants arrived in this land, um, what is now called the United States and what was the land of the Wampanoag people in the early 1600s, they they didn't really know a whole lot about surviving in this land, and um, they were really nearly starving to death, and the uh, indigenous people, the Wampanoag, uh, helped them figure out how to plant here and how to harvest here. And um, the first autumn, they celebrated a harvest feast, giving thanks for having survived, basically. And apparently there is some truth to this story. There was a feast. There was help given by the Wampanoag. The challenge when talking about this holiday, however, is that it doesn't acknowledge and even serves to hide the next 400 years of history which have been a history of genocide and colonization on the part of the uh, European settlers and their descendants. This terrible history is seldom recognized in this country, and it allows the oppression of the Native people to continue. For the past 50 years, uh, many indigenous people and their allies have commemorated this day as a day of mourning. Today, this today is the 50th year anniversary of this way of uh, spending this day, a day of mourning, um, mourning the huge losses of their people, honoring their ancestors, and honoring the struggle uh, to survive also as a kind of protest of the continued racism and oppression that indigenous peoples suffer. Part of our practice, or all of our practice, really is about exploring our conditioning. And we've talked about the conditioning, for example, of feeling tone, how um, pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral um, our, our conditioning, how our conditioning can unfold without mindfulness, with mindfulness. We've talked about karmic knots, patterns of conditioning that are um, deeply entangled, you could say. Uh, we've talked about um, 
personal conditioning, different tendencies we might have stronger than other tendencies. And I've really, over the last um, several years, I think I mentioned this, been exploring um, ancestral conditioning, the conditioning that that came, comes down to me uh, through my ancestors. And so this story about um, Thanksgiving or this history related to uh, European settlers and indigenous people in this country isn't merely theoretical to me. Um, I've been doing a lot of research, and in the last few months, actually, I've discovered uh, many branches of my family that um, emigrated from England to this land in the early 1600s. And then I've watched as the, as the, um, as the, the time passes, it goes down through the um, ancestral uh, lineage, that every generation or two, um, a number of these branches, at every generation or two, they've moved further west, winding up all the way in the, mid, in the Midwest. Um, eventually, it's generally. And so the, the gaps, if you fill in the gaps, uh, basically they used up the resources or land where they were and then um, moved on and expropriated native lands as they did that. So I've been contemplating a lot the kind of um, conditioning I receive from that lineage those lineages, there's a number of branches, and um, the mentality, perhaps, of entitlement, of taking, the particular expressions of greed, aggression, and ignorance that come along with this colonization mentality. So the question I kept asking myself is, how can I talk about gratitude, which traditionally we talk about on this day? How can I talk about gratitude when, when, when there's also this huge history that's not always acknowledged? I'm going to try anyway. Because gratitude is a beautiful and powerful quality of heart and mind. And it really acknowledges all that we're given and receives it with an open heart. And it's a humble quality. It's a quality that realizes that we are interdependent and what we are is the total, some total, you could say, of what we've been given. It's a highly treasured um, quality in many Native American cultures, maybe all in this country, in this territory. It's gratitude. Gratitude is given so much importance. Um, and it's gratitude with respect and an understanding of, of giving back and understanding that, that gratitude and, and giving or gratitude and generosity are intimately linked in a circle that you can't have one without the other. I've been reading a book called Braiding Sweetgrass. It's by uh, Robin Wall Kimmerer, a biologist and healer of the Potawatomi Nation. And she explains this understanding. And this really stuck out to me because I, I like to be in the woods a lot. She talked about every time she goes into the woods, 
to gather herbs or to gather plants, that she always leaves something behind when she takes. So even if it's a few sprinkles of tobacco, it's this deep understanding that giving and receiving or taking and giving uh, are a circle. Another story that I've loved um, that I read by Joanna Macy, a, a, you could say a kind of healer, Buddhist healer. She visited the Oneida tribe, and she was getting a tour of the school. And um, the elder giving her the tour talked about how the children start their day every day uh, with gratitude ceremony. She said the kids, the children, only do the short version. That's 20 minutes. She said the long version takes several hours. So every morning, the children start their school day with 20 minutes of gratitude meditation. Think of the conditioning of the heart of that. So I'm wondering today if perhaps we can celebrate uh, the full circle of giving and receiving of gratitude and generosity. We're so fortunate to have this time to decolonize our own hearts and minds, to develop a deeper understanding of the energies of greed and aggression and delusion that perpetuate colonization and oppression And we have time to nurture the beautiful qualities of heart and mind like gratitude and love and compassion. We've been given so much by countless people to be here. Can we receive this? Can we appreciate this? I got a note in the basket. I feel that when generosity conventionally considered or thought of as expressed as an act of giving, giving our time and energy, material and relational support. Equally important, I feel, is the other side to this practice, the generosity of receiving. Could you speak to this practice? What's the attitude of heart-mind when we aspire to, which we aspire to hold while receiving? Why is receiving an act of generosity? And how could one go about cultivating a greater sense of willingness to receive if we struggle with that? I was thinking of the word thanksgiving. (laughs) Giving thanks. Right in that word is gratitude. So what are we giving? We're giving thanks. We're giving appreciation. Basically, um, sometimes receiving is, is, is a practice, or it's always a practice, but sometimes it's a practice that can have some challenges to it. So I recommend when we receive, receive mindfully, mindful of the heart, and, and what is the heart's response? What arises? Perhaps appreciation And gratitude arise when we receive, when we contemplate receiving. Or perhaps fear arises, or guilt, unworthiness. 
vulnerability? And can we be with whatever comes up with mindfulness? Let the heart learn the way through awareness. Now, sometimes we'd like to kind of boss the heart around and tell it to be grateful. (laughs) It doesn't work. (laughs) The heart doesn't like to be bossed around. (laughs) So, but the heart does love attention. It loves mindfulness and awareness. And so we can listen to the heart. What does come up? What are the thoughts? What's the feeling? And let it learn its way. The world wants to meet you. It'll be right there. And then the full circle includes giving. So perhaps we may wish to think of what we want to give, how our practice might be a gift to the world, especially when we leave here. I know maybe just a few of you are having some thoughts about leaving. (laughs) So um, I'm thinking if you're going to think about leaving, maybe you could have some uh, productive and useful thoughts, (laughs) like how can I give? How do I want to give? How does the heart want to give? So maybe dropping, even we could drop that question in, not as something to think about conceptually, but something in listening to the heart, to our intuition. How do I want to give? What does my heart want to give? Just drop the question and then leave it and see how the heart answers. So how can our practice be a form of giving? It's fantastic because it's opposite the mentality that causes oppression and genocide. The mentality of taking, expropriating that we started with at the beginning. I'm going to end with a little quote from Charlotte, Charlotte Joko Beck, the late Charlotte Joko Beck. <laughs> Practice is truly about giving, but, one can, but that can be easily misunderstood, so we must be careful. Recently, I read a book by a woman who was called Peace Pilgrim. In three decades, she walked more than 25,000 miles carrying her only possessions with her, witnessing for peace. Her books show that she really understood practice, which she describes very simply. She says that if we want to be happy, we have to give and give and give. Instead, most of us want to get and get and get. That's the nature of human being human. It took the Peace Pilgrim many years of hard training to transform her life. For her, that training was totally to give. Practice is about giving giving, giving. We must ask ourselves, what is giving? This can keep us busy for many years. There is no formula, so we're bound to make mistakes, and that's fine. We practice with the results of our actions, and this will take time. Perhaps after many years, we begin to grasp the real nature of giving.
Enlightenment is the ability to totally give, to give totally in every second. Enlightenment is the ability to give totally in every second. It's not about having some great experience. Some moments may occur, but they don't make an enlightened life. We need to ask, what does it mean for me to give in this moment? So please, give, 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 and practice, practice, practice. It is the way. And again, giving is an exploration of the heart. Just like gratitude, we let the heart have its say, (laughs) and we let awareness do the work of transformation. So perhaps it can be a day of thanks and giving. Well, please enjoy your practice again on another ordinary day of practice. (laughs) 